Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 165 of Smart Enough to Know Better. Woo! We're a podcast of science. Comedy. And ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. I'm Gregoire. And in this episode of Smart Enough to Know Better, we are talking about sonification of astronomy. But before we get there, Gregoire, what did you do this week in science? Well, I'd like to announce my new career. I have a new career that's starting, and I'm very excited by my new career. Ooh, that's and good. That my new career is as an astro model. An astronomer model. Astronomer model? That's even better. Thank astronomer. you very much. Astronomer model. Astronomer model. Yes, I'm going to go as astronomer model because it's hard to say. I am now an officially a federal government of Australia astronomer model. I'm very excited by this. I, I will remember all the little people around the world who have brought me to the stage when I'm gracing the covers of beautiful magazines of beautiful people everywhere. Aren't the little people the models? Don't you paint little tiny models? No, that's, the little people no, 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 who are not, models? Not those, not those models. No, 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 I'm still doing that. Yeah, I'll still continue painting little models, but now I'll remember the little people when I'm a superstar model. I'm not a model, plastic model. Yeah, so, a, you're you know, not, so they're little people, but they're not models, and you're a model what? and you're a big person, but little people models are what you, you do in your spare time. this confusing. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying I'm is making I'm this confusing. Yes, I'm beautiful, and I have been put in a federal government document because I'm beautiful. I see. And, and everyone needs to know where to find me. And I'm on the very prestigious page five of the National Committee for Astronomy's Decadal Plan for Australian Astronomy 2016 to 2025 Midterm Review. That very sexy magazine that everyone is well known. <laughs> well known. Isn't someone as pretty as you supposed to be on page three? Uh, well, look, I, look, I decided that I, I wouldn't do that. On page three, they have the name of the report I just told you. But if you go to page five and you will find a sexy, sexy picture of me. Can we link to that in the show notes? Is that oh, you better believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we okay. can. Oh, this, this is for everyone to see. This, this, is, this, this is I will share my beauty with the world. So you're welcome, world. You're welcome. It's, a, it's, my, it's my best picture ever. I'm looking at it right now. It's my, it says here, two astronomers gaze in wonder at the night sky, and I'm one of them. It's a silhouette, isn't it? It's a, it's silhouette. a silhouette. It's a silhouette. <laughs> it's my best it's side. It's my Dan. best side. It's my dark side. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Yuma Deco. Thank Hello, you. Yuma. Merci, merci. Arigato, arigato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Yuma. Who are you and why are you on our podcast? That, that sounded like Nodward. Who are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's a, it sounded like a cop. Who are you and what are you doing? <laughs> on a, where were you the night of? Sometimes we start a podcast very friendly. This time I'm getting right to the interrogation side. Okay. <laughs> we're important people. We've been doing this for 10 years. Who, so who are you? No. Oh, that's cool. I mean, you can shine the light on me. I don't see it anyway. Uh, but... <laughs> My, my name is Yuma Antoine Decaux. So I'm currently enrolled in a Bachelor of Computer Science at the University of Queensland, and I'm majoring in machine learning. But I had two lives. Uh, I hope I'm not going to have a third one because the transitions are pretty hard. But I was cited before, like maybe 30, so that's 11 years ago. 
And I was a 3D generalist uh, before. So I was doing a lot of stuff like industrial design, architectural design, you know, even did some gaming stuff, music video productions and things. And in December 2008 and New Year, exactly 11.38, I actually was with some other friend, expat friends in Cambodia, just taking the holiday off. And I went out of this big hut, which was kind of a lounge hut where we all aggregated for the for the festivities. And I went to join some friends and someone actually had a mortar type firework and uh, it was misoperated. And instead of going vertically, went horizontally and I took the brunt of it. So I became kind of a hero because others didn't take it. But I took the whole thing and ever ever since I kind of switched my life into like daredevil type lifestyle. Um, So uh, you were fully sighted? Um, I was fully sighted. Did you you need corrective glasses? No, nothing. I was twenty (laughs) twenty. Oh man, that that's the that's the. I mean, that's that's that sucks. Uh, yeah, it sucks. And so, (laughs) and so now you've obviously lost a lot of your vision. How how much have you lost? I've actually I went from twenty twenty to zero zero. Oh wow! Uh, Yeah. So now everything that I see is part of my imagination. And it's wow. my imagination that, I mean, it's certain ways it's okay. Cause then, you know, when you meet a girl or something like that, you might just completely idealize the person. So I don't know if it's good for me or the other person, <laughs> you don't discriminate, you know, in any form of way, there's no racism, nothing, there's no color, there's absolutely nothing. Just kind of string along with the person's, I guess, inner side and their soul. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's been a radical change. I mean, the first time, when I woke up, there was uh, this kind of Yoda-sounding guy, you know, who was like, hello, my name is our Dr. Arun Roach. You're never going to see again. And I said, oh. well, fuck you. Yes, I will see again. <laughs> and Attitude. I've, yeah, and I've been endeavoring since to kind of transition logically from the skill sets that I had in my prior life mm. to my current life. And surprisingly, the change is full of surprises. Like so I got out of a induced coma 14 days when I woke up and I had to brush my teeth. I actually stuck it up my nostrils. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to learn a whole new set of skills again. <laughs> that was kind of the beginning. And from there, I picked up the pieces. I went back to work straight after I was a manager of a 3D studio with about 18 artists and can, can, I, can I just stop you there Yuma I yep. just you, you're a manager at a 3D studio so of course when my as a lay person I think to myself 3D studio that's a lot of vision it's a lot of vision required in the 3D studio yeah because I mean, you've, you've got to be able to target them with the whip to make them do 3D <laughs> harder and that's hard to do with no depth perception I know. And I had to point on the screen and I was creating Mm. all these like, you know, late, uh, you know, after work kind of uh, uh, gaming set, multiplayer gaming sessions on Mm. a, you know, six by three projector on the wall and things like that. Mm. But I had to transition and, you know, I kind of found a way to transition by doing script writing and things. Then I found out that coding was a pretty cool thing that I could Mm. potentially do. And uh, since then, yeah, I've taken the transition. So, so Dan, you're a coder. You speak his language. Like, I, oh, that's I, what... I can't. I, I, like, <laughs> the, the notion of transitioning from viewing code and working with it and then I, I assume listening to code yeah. and adjusting it, how, you, your code must be so well-ordered. Yes. It's, so that obviously is you're like... engaging in, in an object-oriented code. Like you yes. couldn't just have like a one great big page of PHP that you scroll up and down looking 
for the code to change. Like you can't do that. How do you? Can you? Uh, can you? Can you tell it me how you? How do you do? How do you find the code that you need to change? Well, the search function is a great thing, but you need to mind map everything, all your classes, your names, your properties, you know, your variables, everything. But once you've mind mapped that, if you use your search function, you will always get to where, you know, you want to go to. So wow. uh, I, use, I use Xcode a lot. So currently we have projects with like hundreds of different classes and files. And if I want to be able to go quickly, uh, I just need to use the search function. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of shortcuts and maybe in certain occasions, it's actually faster. You're doing things faster if you're blind because you keep continuously monitoring the different things that you're working on within a certain function space, let's say. But on other occasions, it's hard. Let's say if I wanted to debug uh, C code using Valgrind or something like that, I would need to read line by line, but starting from the left and most of the crucial information is on the right. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You'd have the yeah. pages of, of overflow stuff or stack yeah. tracing. And it's it, 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 yeah. it just sitting there while, while it's sitting there going, uh, file at backslash, backslash, seven, six <laughs> yeah. times. Oh, my goodness. Seven, yes. yes. Oh, then, so it's, then like a minute it... and a half later, it's like online oh. 225 in this file. You're like, thank you. Oh, yeah, That's... yeah. So it doesn't even um, you, you can't even truncate it so it turns in like certain clauses into like one word. It's going to read out every letter. Yeah, that's right. So oh. there's certain, yeah, there's certain <laughs> things you can do like you know you can sort of grep and script and things like that so that you can just filter down to what's really essential. But yeah, generally speaking, that's what it is. It's let's say if you cite it, you could have quite a good overview and you could you know put five, six, seven different monitors like that guy who got a blowjob in Swordfish. Uh, but, <laughs> Like, that, was you Hugh, know. that was Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, really during cool. he was Hugh Jackman. Afterwards, he was smaller Jackman. Smaller. But, uh, <laughs> that's what happens. But, yeah, I mean, when you started, you have that overview. But when you're blind, oh. you have to do things, uh, you know, in a contiguous manner. So you need to start trying to find some tricks here and there and shortcuts. And as you go along, you find more shortcuts and it becomes more efficient. But at the beginning, it's definitely a headbanger. Yeah, amazing. That's yeah. As you said before, you're like the coding daredevil now. You have to work out a way of doing everything as a superhero because you got to work so much harder to do what someone like Dan can do. Mm. But it's very hard to echolocate text on a screen. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean to be able to pluck out the signal from the noise requires a different set of skills, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're listening to the refresh rate of the of the of the tone. <laughs> as the cat on the cathode ray tube, as the the laser goes zips back and forth, hundred times for, a second. For our listener, Dan is a thousand years old. Cathode ray tubes. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying that an LCD monitor would wouldn't work because you know yes. what this yes. joke. Look, yes. this joke yes. is dissected. We now yes. ha- know how the joke works. <laughs> okay, this joke is dead, and we've Good. we've explored we're, we're, every part of it. Stellar now, what, seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. what I'm excited by, and, and to bring you onto the podcast, I have a background in astrophysics, as I'm sure the listeners have worked out by now. And you're doing something which really caught my attention. And it is an app called Astrios. And if I'm correct, please correct me if I'm wrong, but Astrios seems to be a way for people to learn about space and astrophysics without using vision, which yeah. blows me away. 
Yeah. So it's initially it's a I decided to use augmented reality as the basis of, of the experience because it started with a question while I was in the garage with my co-founder, like the the solar eclipse was just coming out. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, how can a blind person actually figure out where things are? Mm-hmm. So I kind of researched a bit and I found this thing called the Horizon System from NASA. To shout out to Mr. Giorgino, who's a senior navigation design officer there, who helped me out with a couple of things, some of the intricacies of what an ephemeride is and, you know, all these different terms that I didn't know back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was three years ago. And I started placing them in 3D and I was like, well, how can I make this accessible to me? And I found a framework where I could put 3D audio. Mm-hmm. And I started putting these things together and it worked. It sounded pretty cool. And then I started kind of digging deeper, going deeper into the matrix, into the madness. And, you know, I found a 118,000 star database and then I found a 1.8 billion star database. Mm -hmm. And well, that was kind of right up my alley because it's data wrangling. It's putting things into categories and pull them mm. out and, you know, calling APIs and so on. And how, just, how would it, that information be stored? Or how, how, how do you store data of stars in an Excel spreadsheet? Well, I guess everything actually works on, uh, on an SQL database. You have a local version and a remote version. And the master version is the remote version that distributes it to all the users. And the master version is kind of this massive data mining process using Python that just picks all of the different catalogs and then just kind of condenses it into the most useful information. That information then gets placed into the 3D space. And the major thing is that I sonify everything. So so what's sonify? So sonifying is really interpreting what is visual to sound. And Mm, one of the really interesting things, especially in terms of uh, astronomy, is that uh, you can take, uh, so an ephemeride, so those who might not know, is just the position of a, of a celestial object in the sky. And then you can take what is the photometry of it, which is the, the light curves. You can also take other parts of the spectrum, like infrared and gamma and UV. So you take that information, but instead of putting it visually, so if you put it visually, you need to transform that into graphs. Because if you're just mm-hmm. doing pure visuals, it's as if you're trying to identify a mosquito passing through a lighthouse a kilometer away. That's <laughs> impossible. That's, that's pretty much impossible. But our ears actually, through the refinements of evolution, allows us to, for instance, distinguish, uh, let's say, if we put it in the musical term, let's say you've you got a chromatic scale and you play a chromatic scale mm-hmm. and you accelerate it to like 150,000 times then you hear just like this this kind of buzzing sound. But then once you get to about 200,000 times, then that actual melody reconstitutes itself. Wow. And our ear is okay. able to distinguish that. This is yeah. the thing that blows me away. I um, Where I work now, we do a lot of with uh, radio waves. So we're detecting mm. radio waves in the distant universe. And so every picture we generate from media and that sort of stuff, we take this data and we translate this light, radio waves light, of course, and you can't see it because it's, it's the wavelengths are too long, but we translate into visible picture to, and explain to people. So you call it radio red, radio green, radio blue, and you 
decide what these parameters are and you have a lovely picture that explains it but it's not real it's a representation it doesn't look like that because there's no that you can't see that light so when you said when, when you first contacted me and we're chatting about this it was such an eye-opening situation when i went of course you just you could invert commas just transform it into sound nothing stops it being a representation of sound that makes it any less real than my representation from radio light into visible light yeah it's not like like looking at it through a big glass like your your device where you mm. just look in a, a bit of glass and that makes the next bit of glass get bigger yes. and that makes the next it's, bit it's, of glass. Yes. This is, you get data, data. from the universe. You, yes. And yes. it's just a question of turning it into visual stuff or oral stuff or I guess even tactile. You can make a tactile thing out of it. Yeah, yeah. there's haptics as well. Let's We could call it maybe, you know, augmented reality ham radio listening. <laughs> um, so, you know something like that uh you know with some 3d in it if you go into a constellation in the app each of the different stars you have what are called spectral categories so you can start from o b a the giant massive stars and all the way to k or m which are dying stars mm-hmm. you know starting to sputter out they're, they're losing fuel and stuff so well, how could you map that to sound? You can map it to different types of chimes. And then once mm-hmm. you put them in 3D and you're in the middle of it, you let the stars orbit around you, mm-hmm. you kind of get the feel of what a constellation would be like. Because if you only have a whole bunch of dying stars, then it's kind of quiet. It, it sounds quite, quite nice, actually. It's quite meditative. Um, so, so you're going in, into a virtual space and listening to the stars and 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 moving amongst the stars around you yes so it's a virtual that's amazing soundscape yeah okay wow and the idea is to be able to put this in a planetarium for instance so where you got a surround system of 200 300 speakers and you just pass it through the ipad and you can literally listen to the different positions of the stars but if you have sight you got the added visual grandeur Mm-hmm. as well as the actual soundscape. Um, and I'm guessing you can also find things using your ears and your fingers that you'd never be able, or you might find it harder to find with your eyes. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there are things, because once again, my eyes are just the way I'm getting data from the universe. It's translating by my, the, it's all happening in my brain. Signals are just going into my brain and yep. translated. So that's going to change how I perceive the universe. Well, if it comes visual information ears. only comes from in front of you. Yeah. Whereas oral, you oh, can, yeah. like you can hear <laughs> the stars yeah. around you or if they were behind like a space wall or something. Yeah. And you can <laughs> a big even wall in space the... and you're like, oh, there's something on the other side of that space wall. Absolutely. I mean, okay. When you're blind, you can, also, you can perceive <laughs> pressure. Oh, pressure. Okay. Yeah. So if you're walking next to a wall, you will feel the actual bouncing of sound on it and the pressure that it exerts mm. as well as you walk towards it. The physics are so much more subtle when you actually in your auditive system because, I mean, we have eardrums and they're mm. based on mm. pressure and everything that occurs is based on signals and sound. So the two main distinction points that you can use with sound is that one, let's say visually you got a brightness of 100% Mm -hmm. and you put it about five meters away, if your brightness is 99.89%, you won't see the difference. However, if you got a sine wave and you put it at a frequency, let's say a C note of 440 hertz, right? Uh, Kilohertz, uh, hertz, sorry. Mm -hmm. But then you have another sound that you overlay on top, which is 441 or 440.0005, 
even if it's that small in terms of decimals, you can actually immediately pick up the difference. Yeah. And the right. second thing wow. okay. is that the delay in reaction, so between touch, sound, and visual, is such that touch has a delay of about 43 milliseconds, sound about 68 milliseconds, and visuals about 186 milliseconds. So it's three times as fast mm. for you to, to react uh, when sound being emitted. So. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's why people freak out more when I yell, I'm naked, than when I'm actually naked. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, that's why I guess like, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of interesting to feel the vibe of people by the way they speak, uh, mm. because visually you can kind of trump someone, you, you can trick them to think that you are thinking a certain way, mm-hmm. but what their voice is, is cannot lie. Uh oh, oh Dan, we're in trouble. <laughs> oh no, I wear I wear all, all everything on my sleeve. Dan's an awful person, and I, he tells everyone I do not filter anything. This is true. Actually, this is very true, Dan. This is very very true. <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Yes, that's. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Is there any way of letting our listeners hear what you're talking about on the podcast? Yeah, I could do that. So let me let's see. Let me go into sharing. I suppose I'm going to have to do this one in stereo. Oh, yes! Good morning. I see this is your first time on board the ISS Astrios. I am your artificial help agent, Leah. Loading training module. Please wait. You are currently located in the Southern Hemisphere. I have now loaded Jupiter into the system's targeting display. You should be getting feedback if your SMC kit is version 7 and above. This is the Tactile Object Tracking, or TOT, subsystem. The system shoots an invisible forward vector where the camera lens is located. You can also hear the sine wave guiding you. Get closer and the tone will increase. A bit more southeast. Perfect. Now double tap to zoom in. Magnifying. You are now looking at Jupiter in its actual position in the sky through the telescopic telemetry subsystem. Perfect. You can hear the sounds of Jupiter moons as you orbit around. If you would like to know more about this ephemeride, two finger swipe up to pull the details into view. So oh, this, wow. yeah. So this is uh, this is just the Jupiter, but I'll just make you listen quickly to the constellation. Corona Borealis, Bootus, magnifying. In minor mode. And each chime is a different size star and a different classification of star. Yeah. All of them actually have different... There's like thousands of different types of chimes. And they go from high-pitched for younger stars like the Tau stars all the way to more clangy, metallic, bamboo sounds for the mm. ones which are older. But this time, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you listen to the light curve of Kepler-10. 
this is where I really started to get excited because I want to hunt for exoplanets as well. Mm, yeah. I want to be part of this whole space odyssey. I modulated the light curves that came in from Kepler. Now there's tests as well, which is something I'm working on. It's kind of like a mission-based gamified version of oh, wow. uh, hunting for it. But I modulated all the sounds, and this is what came up. For our listeners who don't know, Kepler and TESS were two telescopes in space that stared into space for long periods of time over years and find planets around other stars. And That's so right. Kepler is, is sort of on the wind down, and TESS is the, the, the new hotness on the block. And they found about 4,000 or so exoplanets at this time, so planets outside of our solar system. Correct. There's the James Webb Telescope, which is going to be co- coming out in 2021, mm. which is much more powerful in terms of how many types of wave frequencies it can capture. So mm-hmm. listen carefully to this. It sounds like dubstep at the beginning, but don't pay Excellent. attention to that. It's a <laughs> bit different. Okay. I really want to watch Inception all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or or is it Interstellar? (laughs) So did you notice a dip in the sound? Yeah. yeah. Play it again. Play it again for me. All right. Let's do it again. At that point, all of the waves, the modes, basically, what I did is I passed it through uh, what is called a Fourier transform, which is to take an original kind of complex sine wave and decompose it into its simplest sine waves. Mm -hmm. And once you do that and you actually filter out the longer term trends, which are they're just waves, which are way, way longer, which are part of the cosmic background, get rid of all of that. And once you pass it through again, all of the modes tend to agree on the same decreasing rate. Mm. And that drops the volume slightly. And if you try to do this by looking at the star with your naked eye, it's just sheer impossibility. Yeah, you can't see the drop in light. It's only a fraction of a fraction of a percent of light from the star. And that's kind of also by design because the human eye sucks at seeing differences in light because it's constantly adjusting so you're getting as much survival information Mm. as possible at any one time. Look, we're saying our jelly cameras are doing very well out for jelly, but they're still jelly cameras, so... Oh, jelly to... cameras. Oh, I, I've, I've never heard of what jelly cameras are. <laughs> <laughs> what I've just heard then is a planet, technically, data has been translated to sound, and that dip is the planet going in front of the star and blocking some of the light. And That's therefore correct. I'm hearing a dip in the, in the volume of sound. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's uh, Amazing. So you can do this with any number of different types of data. And what I'm trying to do now is to decompose this into more of like a 3D version, stereo version of it, where you would take sections of, let's say, you take a three by three matrix, each different parts of the pixel values of that star. And then each of the sections will be just one part. So you take a circle and you, you know, you paste a square on top and then you subdivide that square into Mm. smaller squares. And each of the bits of the square will be, you know, the stereo panning sections. And that will give you a better understanding of when there's a transition as well. It's a, that's a lovely, that's so, and is this something that you're hoping that everyday people will be able to do? They just be able to use your app and find planets, like study space 
Is that the final point of this? Yeah. So what I've done is that last year I won the Holman Prize. So it's the Blind Adventure Prize, which is uh, sponsored by the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco. Sorry if I'm plugging them. But it's <laughs> um, the thing is that I presented this project so that I can go and meet many different astrophysicists across the world. I've kind of done part of the journey before this corona stuff just you mm. know, dug in. But uh, What's this? Meet- I haven't heard about this. yeah i wanted to ask you guys how you do it because my blood has turned to mud seriously i don't do enough stuff i mean i thought sex only was enough but it's actually not enough you need to you're way more active (laughs) (laughs) you need more exercise than sex i guess that's true. oh yeah okay yeah Yeah. fair enough fair enough and i think you would die if you had too much sex like you know to try to lose look that sounds an experiment you're willing to try Oh, well, they did it with mice already, I think. Um, yeah, it is not a lot of calories that you lose. My wife is always like, oh, I've got to lose weight, got to lose weight. I'm like, I've got a solution. And then she's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you need, to, you need to do cardio for longer than three minutes, Dan. Oh, so disappointing. Oh, that we call like an ultra marathon, I guess. I mean. Ultra, ultra <laughs> um, it's counting the cigarette, isn't it, Dan? That's like you know. So anyway, just... <laughs> cigarette. That's oh, right. it's, it's vaporware. I'm also a thousand years old. <laughs> Having a cigarette at the end of exercise really does defend the <laughs> no matter what you're doing. Oh, it depletes your vitamins, yeah, for sure. Well, well <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the so the journey is is about meeting all of these astrophysicists who have an expertise in different things. So, for instance, this Tamar Davis on dark energy, black holes, acoustic baryonic oscillations, cosmic backgrounds, active galactic nuclei, mm-hmm. and she works on a specific kind of subset, the entire available data out there in terms of astrophysics. And then there's Melanie Johnston who does radio waves. Mm-hmm. She does the WMA. The NWA. Uh, she, NWA. She works in the, in the same institute I work at. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. Doctor, Professor, Professor Melody, Melody Johnson Hollett. Yes. Yeah, she's really cool. Are you um, a wrestling association now? What? what? <laughs> the, the, Murchison, the NWA is the Murchison Wide Field Array. It's a, it's oh, a telescope yeah. out in the, in the Western Australian desert. Imagine 4,000 little spiders have escaped into the desert and are now all staring at the space. Yeah. There you go. That, that's what the NWA looks like. We're not yeah. even small spiders. That's some Jodie Foster shit. (laughs) Foot-wide spiders. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. And there's all the different other experts that I'm meeting, you know, senior. So navigation engineers, satellite engineers, the guys Mm -hmm. from Gaia, Nick Bond as well, who's doing the tactile universe. So they're printing 3D objects so that people like kids with visual impairments can sort of understand what is happening in the universe. I imagine there's a lot of balls involved. Something, something about the astrophysics, it's always balls. What? Oh, yeah, there are balls everywhere. Yeah, I balls mean, everywhere. Yeah. That's space, baby. Oh, I see what you I see things pull into balls. Space yes, is yeah, balls, I, Greg. I've been yeah. telling you this for years. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everyone plays with multiple balls. I mean, we're not talking polygamy here anymore, but it, <laughs> it's... um. No, it's a really cool crowd and they're super, super intelligent. And I really love having conversations with them to be able to distill the important stuff. So you use this data set, what can I do with it? How can I transform it into something which is useful? Mm. And how can I use it so myself and other people who are visually impaired, not only visually impaired, but also sighted can enjoy 
what is mm. happening out there. Yeah. Just because we've done it in the past translates light into light, if you want to think of it that way, you know, the data that we take from a light. We don't just have one sense, we have multiple senses. And if we can translate it into another sense or to get data out of it, that's going to be valuable if we can learn different things out of it. So we can just enjoy it, but we can also, it sounds like, get a lot of science out of it as well. Oh, absolutely. There's some discussions right now with, you know, some people from Swinburne to kind of implement, you know, the, the, the conjunction of design, interactivity and hardcore science to actually make it more accessible to everybody in the sense that you don't need to know science in Mm. order to enjoy it. Does this mean that you're working with the very attractive Professor Alan Duffy? Oh, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) He's very attractive. Uh, you were saying that everyone's very attractive when you can't see them. Well, I suppose not awful people. Well, Is I it... tend to be positive about everybody that I meet from the mm. get-go with no prejudice whatsoever. Just like everyone's cool. That's uh, how I work too. Also, I'm making my uh, enormous <laughs> pectoral muscles jiggle just so to fill in the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the, the piece of the puzzle there. Yeah, at, that's at, for the at listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> at what frequency can you do it? <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, oh, shit, being called or, out. Is it a C note, like a 440 no, hertz? It's, <laughs> it's closer to the brown note. <laughs> any, <laughs> any, any vibration that my body makes is, is flat. All, all I can say is that any time Dan does make something vibrate, it always hurts. Thank you very much. Frequency Ooh. hurts. Thank Ooh. you. No? No? Okay, fair enough. Fine, Ball fine, scouts. fine, fine. <laughs> Drop of a pin. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you could get me in touch with Alan Duffy, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> I certainly can. Well, I don't. I mean, yes, I'd love can, to I have a blind it. date. Oh. Boo. Hang on, boo. second boo. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving you that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's very rare we boo our guests. <laughs> not while they're here. No, we're at the <laughs> same playing level. We're at the same playing Absolutely. level. Absolutely. Oh yes, you better so. I imagine, I mean, there are lots of astronomers out there who use visual information as their primary source of considering this data and probably thinking about this data. Do you think that making your primary source oral makes you think differently and come at problems and solutions differently? That's a really great question. I I can give you an allegory for this. Mm -hmm. So imagine you got two guys, good pals. They like to jam together musically. One's got a guitar. The other one's got a bass. Mm -hmm. And they jam for about an hour. They're like, yeah, this is so cool. Dope, weird, wicked, all of that. But then they decide to swap instruments. And then they go for a second round of jamming for an hour. I guarantee you that they will learn so much more from that exchange Mm. than if just if they just stayed within the, the, the bounds of their, their expertise. So I really am a proponent of actual universal access in the sense that it's not trying to say, well, let's make things accessible because all oh, poor blind people, they can't, you know, do the things we want. You know, they can't go on Tinder. They can't do this. They can't do that. It's more about how much you, on Tinder, you just swipe everything. Cause you know, you don't mind. It's like, yep, yep, yep. No, yep you've got yep, to read yep, everything. Yep. <laughs> You've got to read the just, bios. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. And, and you don't see anything, right? So how do you how do you actually sonify things? So there's mm. no alt text on Tinder. It's not like man with a weird smile touching a tiger. Swipe. <laughs> Another man with yeah. a weird swipe. Tiger, right? 
<laughs> no, no, there isn't. Mm. It's, you know, or like, you know, a woman with three pooches on her lap or it doesn't have any of that. Mm. But none of the general most accessible, quote unquote, instruments and tools out there, especially when you want to produce instead of consuming. Mm-hmm. Consuming is easy. YouTube, all these other apps where you just take in the media and that's it. You don't necessarily interact with it. That's fine. But when it comes to really interacting and be able to create and produce things, because that's kind of the basis of human beings. We love mm. to create. We love to express ourselves. And in order to do that, it's a complete different ball game when it comes to accessibility and creating accessibility. I would love to be able to continue. I've printed this block, which is the Mars rover landing site in 3D. It's like a 50 by 50 centimeter thing. I don't know if you've heard of the leap motion. No, with- no. So it's a stereoscopic infrared device that is able to figure out position, rotation, and everything of your hand and fingers in that in a 50 by 50 by 50 volume. Mm-hmm. And so what you could do is create a system. Well, I've created a system, system like this at a hackathon with my co-founder mm-hmm. to be able to put information as you touch things in 3D. So say oh, you put your finger across the crater, there's like a crater and there's like a big mountain range in the middle wow. and everything. As you put place your finger, it speaks to you. It's haptic mm. stuff. It's like blowing air against your finger. I think it's not a real... Yeah. Oh, wow. I can make you listen to uh, an intro. Okay. I, I love how fast you can hear all that. Like I'd probably need it to go file name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seven. <laughs> One. No, no, no. Slow down. Slow down. Like, it... I, I actually watch a lot of coding videos at like 1.25 or 1.5 speed. And then occasionally it'll reset it back to one. And I'm like, mm. did he record this drunk or something? He's like, oh no, that's, that's the normal speed. I'm just used to hearing it faster. Yeah. It's, it's our brain's capability to stretch itself like that, which is, which is pretty cool, actually. And, and okay. the fact that you're saying that in any pursuit, like it's not a question of choosing visual information or oral information. It's, the more that you can develop all these skills, the more you become like this superhuman mm. creature that can use up to five senses at a time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a create ADHD, man. It's um, <laughs> it could potentially be harmful, just like someone you know is on the phone while they're driving, or God forbid, like you know, watch TV while they're driving on the highway. Or something. <laughs> Don't do that. No, <laughs> but Lord. it's. Yeah, it is something like that, but uh, it's more of an acquired skill. Let's mm. say it's not a natural skill. But interpreting, interpreting, interpreting data, I mean, how you interpret it, you'll learn how to do that. If, you, if you're given the visual and the auditory and haptic, let's say, then yeah. you, you could use them all, you could integrate them all, and your brain can start integrating things. That's uh, correct. And correct. there's even research that actually confirms the fact that having a multi-sensory input system allows you to solidify your memory much faster than if okay. it was just a single input. I know the, the human brain can, is quite plastic. I, I was reading about a person wore a belt and the belt was, was built into a, a, a compass. The side that was facing north was being tapped the belt got tapped. And so in the end, their brain stopped feeling the tap. They just knew where north was. They just could always wear point north. And they weren't feeling it go tap, tap, tap. Their brain just went, oh, I just have a north sense now. I don't know how I got it, but I just seem to be able to tell where north is randomly. Not randomly, um, mm. always. I'm guessing, once again, if you can integrate all the sound into your vision, you could probably create a, well, a two-sense map, basically, that you wouldn't even know that was different. You wouldn't know that it's, inverted commas, weird. Yeah, that's, that, that's correct. Perception is something where, imagine a desert nomad in, let's say, north-central Africa. It's called a Touareg. But they're in a desert, right? 
And the desert was pretty much nothing. And that's how I feel, you know, in terms of imagery, it's a desert. But then the Torah would also see the dunes, the sand dunes, and the shapes of how the wind has shaped the sand dunes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a fractal. Like at a small scale, you go to a larger and larger scale, unless there's a different phenomenon, meteorological or other, that changes the shape. The, the wind is kind of like drummels or different ripples under the sea. And this kind of gives you a sense of direction. And it's these little perceptive things that allow you to navigate the world differently. And in some ways, it's a, it's an alternative way of doing things, but they're just as valid because there are animals which use alternative things like pigeons. They use uh, the magnetic field. You know, there's echolocation for, for bats. There's... Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other things, like chemical things, I guess, that we don't might not necessarily perceive that other animals can. And same some humans, like some same. humans, set, not only navigate by McDonald's, like they know how to get from. They can tell you how to go <laughs> next to this McDonald's, next to that McDonald's, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Learned about one experiment where they put an electric patch on someone's tongue who couldn't see. Brain port. Brain port is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's like an effervescent aspirin kind of thing. Yeah, so it makes parts of your tongue feel fizzy, but after a couple of days, that sort of resolves as a monochrome image. image. That Because it, it's taking camera information and turning it into tactile information on your tongue, and then your brain, after a couple of days, is like, okay, so it's what I can see. Yeah. It, it's incredible! <laughs> Ima- imagine trying to do a pitch with investors while you got that brain port in your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me on the Shark Tank. Uh, my partner and I are very excited. I've got over my tongue right now. <laughs> Look into my mouth. Oh, no. Wow. Okay, so you're going to show us a, a video that your business partner had created. I, so, so can I just describe what I saw in the video? Because I, I, I want to make sure it makes sense for our audience. Is it on YouTube? Can I? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, and I'll put that in our show notes. Ultimately, you plugged a small device in. It almost looked like a battery pack or something with some lights mm-hmm. on it into your laptop. And I'm assuming it broadcasts an infrared beam yep. or sort of like a Xbox. What are the Xbox things where you dance in front of the Xbox? Yeah, it's like the Xbox, but it's at a smaller scale of it and higher resolution. So you were able to move your finger over the top of it. Yep. And, and where you would point, you would hear what you were pointing at, even so, though yeah, there was like, nothing you were actually like, pointing at. The, the, like the noises of the cafeteria or yeah. the music hall or whatever it was. So you yeah. had a map of the university and where you move your finger, you could actually figure out where bits of the university were. Exactly. I like to call it volumetric spatial awareness. You can use anything you want, diagrams, chart, maps. I was even thinking of, have you guys played uh, The Secret of Monkey Island? Before? I certainly have. So I was thinking of printing the Monkey Island in 3D and just <laughs> play the adventure game like that. And I like, you know, with the voodoo plays with the cloud on top. So if you put your finger up there, you can hear the storm. <laughs> this <laughs> just... feels like the start of the next step in virtual reality. Once we can get all this information easily put into your head or your eyes, your ears, into your brain somehow, mm-hmm. this sort of stuff seems to be where it's going to head to tracking information onto different sensors so that we can have a fully or a better understanding of the world around us instead of having to pull up a phone and look at a screen 
Yeah, well, all this work that's going into research of astral bodies and such will eventually show up in the world of porn, and that's like the. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what you want, isn't that's it? The, that's it's... the biggest frontier. Yeah, that's Star Trek meets um, what's her name? I, I don't, I don't know any porn stars actually. Good, good so, save there, Yuma. Well done. That's I, right. I don't know any porn stars. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know anyone. My partner, from... my partner wasn't doesn't know us. I'm fine. I'm fine. Hey, what's Jake. A, what, where, where would I even find that? Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the red tubes I don't, I, know, I, know, I know there's a theme. I know there's a there's a really like well known theme, which is actually like a seventies thing from uh, Herbie Hancock, which is an appropriate name, I guess. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. I honestly, and I don't think I need to. I'm, I'm far too young. <laughs> the next step to that is to actually have a 3D block and match the actual volume or let's say the, the the position and rotation of the 3d map in the software and the 3d map in the physical world like so the map in x-men that professor x does i guess so yeah yeah same thing that's what yeah. i'm doing but you know but i want to use it for scientific research so did he i probably wait probably so if in five years time where do you want this to be what's your big five-year plan for this Oh, like I'm, uh, you know, around Titan, just in orbit and around Titan. Looking <laughs> wow. <into> the atmosphere. <laughs> Any no, big. Oh, uh, no, really like to be able to kind of open source all of these things, because in the accessibility world, the problem is that there are companies which they have to follow a bottom line and they initially, you know, get capital investment and they use up all of that money just to create a prototype. Then afterwards they get pushed to do a business model and so on. Mm. And that kind of is a catch 22, because if you're visually impaired, you're more likely not to have a job and to have difficulties in mm. education, mobility, uh, so social interaction and entertainment. So instead I'd like to just be able to kind of open source this and allow the community of people who are sighted to get in touch with the community of people who are blind. So one of the ideas I had at the beginning, because when I first lost sight, is that I really miss gaming. And gaming in some ways, you know, allows you to interact with others as well. And I was thinking, well, why don't we create just this this kind of, you know, new, unique kind of characters, which are massive werewolves, which are which have been blinded by Thor, you know, because they messed up. But they have this handicap level 50, which allows them to have superpowers, but they handicap anyways that they need to navigate World of Warcraft just with sound. Oh, OK. Um, right. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I thought that'd be really cool because it could create like two different communities, but which then play together because you have these big ass wolves, which are big, lumbering, massive, energetic balls of fire. But mm. they're vulnerable in the sense that they don't move as well. So you got the sighted ones who help them around and then mm. there's this mm. kind of synergy. So I quite like the idea of it being wolves because then you'll have wolves, canines with seeing eye people leading them around. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, you know, Chewbacca, Han Solo, yeah, you know, <laughs> Star Wars, you know, like just, yeah. just, yeah. yeah oh my like, God, you wait, let. Hang on, Han Solo was blind. Han Solo was blind in one at one bit when he came yeah. out of the oh, carbonite. Yes, he had carbonite. Yeah. He had he had a seeing eye Wookie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and he, you know, it was like oh Chewie, and it, you know, it, we went yep. through kind of like a handkerchief moment. But you know, it was it's. I find that to be kind of the most important part of showing what accessibility is is to mm -hmm. say, well, there's alternative methods of doing things, but then sighted people can enjoy it too. Mm.
Yeah. If there's yeah. one thing then, if there's one thing that you could let developers and designers know for accessibility, what's the one thing they should be doing that just that grinds your gears? You're like, oh my goodness, please just start doing this one simple thing. Stop following formats all the time. It's not because some person who finds themselves to be an authoritative figure who's going to tell you what kind of standard you need to adopt, that that's what you're going to adopt. Experiment and really move out of the restrictions of the screen. Cause I mean, we're living a zombie apocalypse here. Like, you know, people bump into me all the time because they're on mm. their phones and I'm mm. the blind guy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's really explore and just get out of the format, think out of the box, be more creative and explorative and adventurous, you know, and how you want to interact with things. I mean, just recently I spoke to this person who was meant to be on the Mars one mission, but I think that thing fell. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really exist. It's not. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think the financing was from some Nigerian princes. And yeah. There was an issue. <laughs> yes, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the idea was kind of to try to push the thing. Imagine you're in the spacecraft and you're going to Mars. All of a sudden, halfway, you lost your sight because the cosmic background just did something disrupted your visual cortex, and mm. you you lose your sight. How do you how are you going to go around and navigate? How are you going to mm. help yourself? How are you going to yep. save yourself? So if you have a system that's able to speak to you and you got like the haptics and you got all of that, well, even if you lost your sight, you're still able to survive. That's the kind of position that I have, you know, with the alternative methods uh, for doing things. Mm -hmm. And consider the blind person not as a person who specifically might want to look at things exactly the same the way that you do. And maybe perhaps you can also learn from the experiences of the blind person. Yuma, thank you very much. I think it's just, it shows you the market that's there and what people can achieve with this technology and how mm. we can take this data somewhere different, which is really exciting. And thanks a lot for the conversation. I really enjoyed it. It's right in the Venn diagram between Greg and I, because it's astrology and astronomy. And astronomy. <laughs> 10 years, Dan. Astronomy. I always get those two mixed up. Oh my goodness. And whatever you do. Well, Astrios is actually that. It's the conjunction of Astrius, who's the god of dusk, and Eos, the goddess of dawn. And it tends to be astrology and astronomy. So yeah. we'll put links to the app in the show notes. But Yuma, thank you very much and wish you all the best. It's it's very rare that Greg can come and go, Oh, hang on, I know all about this. This is this is totally my bag, and I'm like oh, wait, I know about the other side of the thing. Mm. That's totally my bag. Like, you're like the perfect guest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. That was mind-blowing. That was a good one. Thank you so much to Yuma Decoe. You made a point, Dan, which in the interview, which I just want to reiterate, it's, it's yep. fact it's never happened yep. in 10 years. Yep, space is balls. Space is balls. <laughs> I'll get you on that one. But it's not that space is balls. It's the fact we've never had an interview that I could understand quite deeply parts but you could also understand quite deeply in parts that they weren't the same parts yeah i, I don't think it's ever yes. happened before i think you could work out stuff that i don't understand about programming and arcane magic like that and then i was talking about the astronomy stuff it was really exciting i found it really really cool like looking at lights in the sky and arcane magic like that <laughs> <laughs> it's true space is false <laughs> Well, true. Shh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell the decadal plan for Australian astronomy 2016, 2025 midterm review people. They won't be invited. We're back for the end of review one. Oh, my God. 
You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at smartenough.org. If you would like to click on any buttons on the website, go to the website and click on the buttons. We love it. There's subscription, there's following, there's the Twitters and stuff. And and what you don't know is Dan set it up now that every time you press a button, it actually has this little feedback thing. We, we, We attach it to a little electrical device to our nipples. And so we know when you're pressing the buttons. And we go, oh, oh, oh. It's very exciting. That's not is true. that what those were for? <laughs> That's sure. Nipples. Uh-oh. Huh. All right. That's going to be less painful, I'm thinking. Hey, okay, cool. I'm, I'm so vanilla. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm in 70 electrodes. Have you ever heard of sounding? <laughs> oh. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so if you want to support us, please tell everyone that you know. I mean, yeah. you don't. You're just going to blank out and go, oh, well, you know, I like the podcast, but not that much to not actually much. share it. That's right. <laughs> Fuck you guys. Fuck you. <laughs> I still love you listeners. Dan doesn't, but I still love you. But if you would like to support us financially, you could drop some cash into our tip jar. You could buy yourselves a shirt or yes. you could support us on Patreon. Sure. And if you give us five bucks or more on Patreon, we're going to read your name out. And that's what I'm going to do right now. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Too. People love having their names said to them. It makes a little dopamine things in your brain activate. So mm. you're welcome. Well, then dopamine. get ready, oh. Steve E. Ooh. Steve E. Get ready, Lindsay Jenkinson. Ooh. Lindsay Jenkinson. Get ready, uh, Matthew Toy. Yeah. Matthew Toy. Hang on, they're Ooh. not paying me. That's ten, ten bucks. Uh, Matt Ewers. <laughs> Phil Holland. Ilana Ooh. Mitchell. Michael uh. Barnes. Ooh. Andrew Whitehurst. Morton yes. O'Hare. Actually, yes. Michael Barnes should be said twice. Michael Barnes a second time. because he's. Oh, banned. yes. Uh, okay. uh. Elizabeth Youngkin. Ooh. Andrew Potts. Gary Heather. Grenier Maguire. And Avi Greenbury. Grenier. 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 Okay. Oh, right. she, uh, she gave us all this information too, <laughs> and we're still getting her wrong. Oh. It's great. It's yeah, isn't it? Grenier. Yeah, 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 sure. Not Grenier. Yay! Grenier. Grenier. I'm going to say Grenier. All right. All right. And <laughs> if you give us 15 bucks a month. We won't screw up your name. Oh, no, we will. <laughs> Mitchell Keita is testament to that. <laughs> Are we the worst podcasters ever? I don't want this. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going to get into Mitchell's name in the next podcast. There is just not enough time. This is already okay. this is already blown out. That's very true. Very true. We had a lot to talk about. But That's one fine. thing we can't get rid of is the promised insults mm. to our top tier mm. members. I don't know of any other podcast that does this. I've been looking. You know, we try and do things on this podcast that are a bit different, and people kind of go, well, just two guys talking about science. Well, yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, actually to that. No but, one has ever told me that our podcast sounds like anything else they've no, ever heard. This Greg. is true. This is true. But we, and we have the walk of shame, which is a different thing than what people do. But also, we, we ask for money and we insult the people who give it to us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's very- but it makes, me, it makes me feel like a Twitch streamer. As ridiculous it... as it seems, I am going to give insults to the people who gave us $15, $15 a month via Patreon. Yes. Now, Greg, uh, I've already discussed this a little bit with you. Mm-hmm. The Frog Princess and I recently got access to Disney Plus Ooh. by paying for access to Disney Plus. Yes. I don't yeah. want to sound Capitalism? like some sort of Machiavellian yeah. thing. It's like, we got yes. access to it. I found a man, and while he was dying, I went, give me your Disney Plus account. And he went, no, you can't watch Hamilton. And he went, I'll, I'll watch Hamilton if I want to. 
I'm not throwing away my shot. Oh, God, we're going to get sued. We're going to get so sued. I'm sorry, Lumumba Miranda. You're so beautiful. I love you. So on top of the Raven On podcast, now Smart Enough is going to be go- going on about how wonderful Greg thinks Hamilton is. Yes. Yes. I liked Hamilton before everyone else did. Not for everyone else did, but for a long time. All right. These people have waited long enough. I'd like to point out, that doesn't matter. Welcome to the club of liking a thing I like. Yay. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of the Raven On podcast... I was a guest on their latest episode. Yes. So if you want to hear talking me... Talking about something you love. Yeah, if you want to hear me talking about the... Hit, well, kind of. If you want to hear me talking about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novels, which I love, then tune in to me talking about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie. My opinion of which will be discussed in the podcast. Do you want to give it away? Yes, it's a sizzler. And also has the very delectable Tom Selinski. Yeah, he brought a lot of gravitas to that. <laughs> so that'll be in the show notes or go looking for Raven On on yes. your favourite podcast That's device. Right. It's a fun, if you're not listening to that, you should. I love Stu and Matt's take on things because they're just two friends talking about pop culture, especially now they're no longer doing Game of Thrones stuff. I like their take on all this pop culture stuff. They're not experts. They're just people who love it, but they're journalists, so they have a really good way of doing it. Anyway, that's my take on it. You take what you want from it. All right. These people have waited long enough. Oh, yes. It's time to insult people. All right, so Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. So so these insults are going to be based on classic Disney films. Ooh. First and foremost, Eric Wilson and Al Batson say that I don't have to insult them. That makes them my two favourite Disney princes. Oh, who, are, who are your two favourite? Which is them. That's them, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think, think you're going to name. Princes here before me. Well, surely we prince. Princes, princes <laughs> who adore me. Wow, wow. That's a... Wow, that's a deep dive. The fact I know what you're doing is upsetting, but yes. It's like my favourite karaoke song. (laughs) And for anyone who's under the age of 40... (laughs) Well, too bad. Go back to TikTok. (laughs) Tell the Chinese government, smart enough sent you. (laughs) Okay. I'm not not backing this up with anything, by the way. Allegedly. Allegedly. Lots of allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh, God. So, Scott Driscoll... Scott Driscoll, you are the diamond in the rough. You're very dense and your value is artificially inflated. (laughs) Mitchell Keita, Haku Matata. It means there are worries. (laughs) Uh, Steve Stewart, you're just like the little mermaid. Just stop talking. Uh, I thought you were going to make a legless comment. No. No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, you, you're cleverer than that. That's good. Well done. Uh, but he is missing a good tail. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's straight yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. That's a free insult. Boom. You used to you do impro, you know. <laughs> yes. Tom Siri is uh, under the C. So probably a D or more likely an F. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, Dustin Fallon. No one is like Daston. Is absurd like Daston. No one pays 15 bucks to be slurred like Daston. His self-defeat is incapacitating. So I've written a song about how much he's wrong. And he's got a small schlong. D-U-S-T-I <laughs> Daston. bum ba dum bum 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 You suck. <clears throat> So, thank you very much to all of our patrons. 
the ones who gave us a little bit of money and the ones who gave us, quite frankly, far too much money and deserve to be insulted. Thank you all very, very much. What I love about that, especially because I know that you're quite into Gaston, you draw him weirdly all the time. He's like, one day I'm going to walk into your house and it's just going to be you naked, covered in your own filth, one of your fingers down to the bone and in your own blood, you're just drawing Gaston's face onto the wall over and over again going, the chin's not right, the chin's not right, the chin's not right, the chin's not right, the chin's not right. The fact that you don't think I can get his chin right is kind of insulting. And as we always like to say, space is balls! Someone was saying a review said it was surprisingly good for what could be a very silly movie. Who thinks that anything that's good by Pixar is a surprise at this point? If you listen to an idea for a film that sounds dumb, but it's by Pixar, Mm. someone was inspired by something and has fought to make yes. that happen. It's going to yep. be much better than Toy Story 7. They get told, hey, work on Toy Story 7, but put together your short. And they make the, they make their own shorts. They get mm. given the opportunity to make them. And some of those shorts never see the light of day because they become giant movies. But sometimes they release them at the start of the movie and this yeah. is their short. And you go, oh, so even their shorts are pretty good. But this is the idea they rejected. So that's the idea they went, no, no, no. It's good, but not good enough for us. So, mm. yeah, as you're saying, you can imagine well, their big ideas. Yeah, like, there or... was there was a short years ago about people fighting in a guy's head and all the different parts of the guy's thing. And then three years later, you you had um in a well, in a space no the the one with uh, the joy the ang- and sadness. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, happiness so and good. I always remember nothing about it though. <laughs> I've watched it many times. It's I it's it's amazing. It's like it is my favorite story about a prepubescent girl with terrible mental illness. <laughs> it's it's amazing because her brain loses the capacity to feel both joy and sadness, and you're yes. like, and then you see what happens, and it's like, oh, this is so good. Like it's real dark. But yeah, if you look at yeah. it through the right lens. <laughs> is it PG? Teen, uh, um, we are a what? What do we say, Dan? Explicit. Ex- yeah, we're explicit. <laughs> we got we got an explicit tag. We are we are for children, but though I know kids do listen to us, which is you know, up to the parents, up to the yeah. guardians. Yeah. Terrible children. Terrible, naughty, very very bad children. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we might as well just kick this off then. Um, Welcome. He, 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 he doesn't need to sync up. He just he needs to get himself into gear. Like, Come <laughs> just, on, Greg. I, you're great, I'm, Greg. Okay. I'm trying to find so I can find the if I need to find the start of the podcast, I can cut all the first bit out. Yeah, that's a very sensible thing to Greg. Could, I commend you. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Well done, shot. <laughs> right, now you know how this is going to play. Now you see what I have to deal with every podcast. There we go. Professional, professional face, professional face. Welcome to the podcast, Yuma Decode. Did you say podcast? Damn it! <laughs> podcast. Fine. <laughs> like a seal. <clears throat> Welcome. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Everyone's mocking my professionalism. <clears throat> All right. I just know this is going to go at the end of the bleeding podcast as well. Everything I say is... I would never do that to you. Stop it, Dan. Actually, I would propose you something. You've got like an automatic uh, applause generator. Like AI based applause generator that I Oh, wow! That sounds awful. That could be helpful. Yeah.
Just, I want it in my life. I'll just have a little speaker. This is a whole different thing. We'll, we'll get on to this later. <laughs> okay, hang on. All right, let's just start this. We're going to start the podcast. Oh. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> and... <laughs> So that sound you can hear is him navigating. Yes. Oh, you can hear it. Yes, that's right. I know it's 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 uh, Space Odyssey two thousand one. <laughs> I, I was thinking one of the corrupted cores from Portal Two. This is going real quick. <laughs> I, I actually watch a lot of coding videos at like 1.25 or 1.5 speed, and then occasionally it'll reset it back to one. And I'm like, mm. did he record this drunk or something? He's like, oh no, that's, that's the normal speed. I'm just used to hearing it faster. You know what? It's only by falling that you're going to succeed. That's yeah. true. No, it's it looked fair enough. That's, that's... Going on 10 years now. The impro stuff—it's—it's it's really cool. Yeah, it and, that, and and you know what? They would really appreciate that fake laughter stuff, like artificial intelligence that laughs at their stuff. That's yeah. that's what they—that's what Brisbane Impro really needs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people in airplanes sometimes they come to me. They think I'm crazy because my laptop screen is black, mm-hmm. and I'm tapping on it, tapping away on it. <laughs> like it's it's. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, your battery life must be through the roof. Absolutely. (laughs) I got to go spadge cock a chook. Nice. That that, that means like making it all like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real um, anime villain territory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's anime villain, but it adds a seediness to it. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know that it's unpleasantly misogynistic yeah 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 it's what an anime villain would that would do to a chicken got it right yeah Understood. it's 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 that um oh what's that what's that anime that was that, that's like the most famous anime after akira oh like ninja scroll that's the one yeah yes, yeah, yeah. He, re- he really spatchcocks her i've added nothing the dan beeson story <laughs> harsh and not even fair. That's, that's your joke. That's right. It's like harsh but fair. And you're like, no, it wasn't fair at all. That wasn't fair. There's nothing fair about this. Like, but yeah, that's actually very true. It's very easy to make jokes when you actually listen to what people are saying. Yes, yeah. Which is a very selfish reason for listening to people. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they rarely say anything interesting. It's fine. <laughs>